Welcome to the Curious and Connected podcast, where we're trying to connect students in our EDD program and beyond to foster a sense of community. My name's Leah, and I'm joined by my co-hosts. Kala. And today, our guest of honor is Leah. Okay, so Leah, not just being a host today, but being our main guest. So first, we'd love to hear all about you. So whatever you'd like to share about your background, whatever comes to mind. Cool. So yeah, hello, I'm Leah. Um, I'm originally from the suburbs of Philadelphia. Now I live in the city. Um, I played sports my whole life, but decided when I was going to college to focus on academics. So I chose Lehigh University, which is in Bethlehem, PA. Non-East Coasters have probably never heard of it. Um, As soon as I got settled, I decided I wanted to be an athlete again. So um, I walked onto the rowing team, discovered I was pretty good at it. So spent the rest of my time there as an athlete and a resident assistant and all sorts of co-curricular things, which kind of led me to my career in student affairs. Um, I did stay at uh, Lehigh for my master's and was at the end of that program applying to be either an ESL teacher or um, working in student affairs, specifically residence life. And res life kind of fell into my lap. Um, And it's definitely where I was meant to be. So I spent my entire professional career in student affairs, moved to Philly last summer and began my current role at Temple University in October. Um, I absolutely love Temple. It's a huge school, about 40,000 students with a huge presence in Philadelphia. Um, I'm working in housing operations where I still get to directly supervise students and I work with our on-campus housing processes and off-campus properties, all sorts of good stuff. Um, So that's a little bit about me. (laughs) Amazing. You're doing lots of like really amazing things, Leah, already I can tell. Uh, Outside of you doing all these amazing things and doing all the classwork we have in the Vanderbilt program, what are you doing in your free time? What helps you reset and maintain balance? I think for me, maintaining balance is all about keeping perspective. So uh, something I've said throughout this program so far is that life doesn't stop just because we're in this program. Like we've had classmates who have had children, moved to new places, um, lost loved ones and are doing all sorts of big life things. So I just try to stay in the moment and still do things I love despite, you know, working full-time and being in this program. Um, Luckily, most of my family and close friends are on the East Coast. So I'm able to make time to see the people I love, which really um, is energizing energizing for me. My fiance is an amazing cook, so I love to be a sous chef and try new recipes together. Um, We also love spending time outdoors when we can. Recently went on a hiking trip to Arizona and Utah, which was fabulous. Um, And staying active keeps me in a good headspace too. So I used to run a lot. I did half marathons for a while, but now I kind of fell out of love with running. So I do CrossFit and just weightlifting and stuff like that. But staying active definitely keeps my mind in a good space um, so that I can kind of balance everything. (laughs) Oh man, you are very, very busy. I have like two follow-up questions. One is like, what's your favorite past recipe your fiance has made for you? And then two, what was your Murph time from CrossFit this past Memorial Day? So I actually did not do Murph this year. So cannot say, I know I'm a terrible CrossFitter. Um, (laughs) But, but so my dad and brother are both CrossFit coaches though. And they both did it this year. So I'll just pretend like I did it with them. Um, (laughs) But I would say some of my fiance, my favorite meals that he makes, he makes a great eggplant parm. He makes really good. um, Honestly, everything is so good, but that's probably one of my favorites. He also makes these like, kind of Greek turkey burgers with like feta and spinach and all that stuff. And they're delicious. 
couple favorites. I think we know where we're going to go on our, uh, the next time we're in Philly, right, Callan? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, then, and we'll go to Omaha to try some restaurants too. <laughs> Back from your podcast. Four stars are better only. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm sure that Leo's place is five stars. So. <laughs> Definitely in my book. Great. Well, kind of transitioning from personal life to our program, we'd love to hear a topic that has spoken to you in our course content so far. So we'd love to hear your thoughts. Yes. So it's hard to choose, but if I had to pick one, when I was thinking about this question, I did really love the progress principle that we read in our first semester. It's more of like a group of concepts that make up the progress principle, but I'm a very relationship oriented person. So I appreciated how the book talked about inner work life and how we can nourish other people by like being empathetic and expressing gratitude um, and celebrating small wins. Um, And that leads to happier employees, but also more creativity and productivity. So I really loved that book. <laughs> that was such a crazy, um, like revolutionary book too. I use the progress principle checklist every on occasion, like at the end of my day. And like you're saying, it's just so like great to be reflective, look at your nourishers, figure out like, oh man, that was definitely a toxin over there. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that. And totally on a not, um, school reading related note, but I don't know if either of you have ever read Atomic Habits, but you just reminded me because of the whole checklist thing, but that's another book that totally changed my life. And I think actually Dr. Campbell recommended it too. So it's like Mm -hmm. ancillary to classwork, but that was also a pretty amazing one. 1000. I definitely need to check that one out. So thanks for the reminder. Highly recommend. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, kind of going off of that note, so can you us a little bit about an accomplishment that you're super proud of, whether it's work, personal, or whatever comes to mind? Yes, I'm not great at bragging about myself, but <laughs> in well, thinking... Well, Leah, bring it, bring it out. Bring it to us. <laughs> I'm going to try. Okay. Um, so I am, I'm really proud of getting into this program and working toward my doctorate. Like, I'm very proud um, to be in this with you all. Um, but I think... One of my biggest like life accomplishments was kind of like a long-term one. So my last place of work was Westchester University. I worked there for five years and just my entire like tenure there, I guess is what I'm very proud of. So I supervised over a hundred students during that time and had thousands of residents pass through um, my building, like live there uh, that I managed. And I feel like I was really able to create a really special environment where people felt supported and valued during their college years. Like not everyone has um, you know, family support or whatever it might be. Like a lot of my students were putting themselves through college and working multiple jobs and all of those things. Um, and so I just really felt like I was living in alignment with like my purpose in life. And I felt like I was making an impact. So I just think I'm really proud of how I supported people and really put my heart into that role. Um, and I was also in that role in March, 2020. (laughs) And I'm really proud of how I handled like being, we were basically frontline staff through that experience of like moving students out of the residence halls and all that kind of stuff. So overall, very memorable and um, an experience that I am very proud of. That's amazing. That's amazing. Thanks. Great. And um, what would you say to someone listening who might want to be you in five to 10 years and make a similar kind of impact on college campuses? Mm. So 
I think, and I guess I'm kind of thinking of like advice to myself, maybe like five, ten, five, ten years ago or more, whatever it might be. But um, I think I would just say, don't let yourself believe that you don't belong in any room that you enter. Like just, you know, walk into a space with a positive attitude, always with respect for every person that you meet no matter titles or anything like that, but just have confidence in who you are and it'll go a long way in helping get you where you need to be. Um, and I also, it's funny, before we started recording this, we were just talking about <laughs> the concept of imposter syndrome. So there's this article that I read. Um, it's like a Harvard Business Review article called like Stop Telling Women They Have Imposter Syndrome. I also highly recommend that to anybody listening who has ever experienced um, feeling imposter syndrome or like, you know, you don't belong in a space or anything like that, just because I think it is a construct and we just need to walk in and be confident in ourselves. Um, and I think that's what I would tell myself five to 10 years ago. So I guess I would also say that to someone who would be looking to, um, to be in a role like mine. Also student affairs, there is no like undergrad major for. So if you really love being involved in college, you should totally consider it <laughs> um, because, you know, there are master's programs for it and um, you could really make an impact. And if you really loved what you did outside the classroom, you could probably be amazing at this work. So. <laughs> now, those are two really powerful things that you're mentioning there. So um, as a recap from what I heard, basically, which is don't limit yourself, uh, be positive, kind of goes hand in hand. And then there's all sorts of opportunities uh, in the college campus. Absolutely. Love that. Love that. Uh, well, kind of going off of, you know, giving advice or taking advice, you know, what would the ideal leader look like for you? Mm, that's a great question. So I think leadership is more than like a title you have or how long you've been somewhere. You don't need a title for people to look to you as a leader. So I think the ideal leader for me realizes that it's a constant process of like earning your role as a leader. So, you know, someone who shows up every day and realizes they have a responsibility to, responsibility to other people. Um, so how you show up and your attitude and your actions and making sure that those align, like what you're saying and the actions that you take are very important to me. Um, we've talked a lot in this course too about the concept of psychological safety and people feeling comfortable to like admit mistakes and just feeling safe in their environment. Um, so I think a leader to me, it would be someone who prioritizes that um, and just creates a positive working environment. You know, it, work is a big part of your life. So I know not everybody is like, you know, I want to absolutely love my job and it'd be part of my identity or whatever. But I think it is important that you not feel negatively about going into work. Um, so <laughs> someone who tries to create a positive experience um, would be important to me. Yeah, for sure. I love that answer. Do you, I don't mean to put you on the spot here, but do you happen to have a really good example of somebody, either yourself or an, uh, someone you consider a leader creating that psychological safety for you? Ooh, that is a great question. So I did have at my previous institution, I had a supervisor who definitely, um, and I didn't like really know exactly what psychological safety was, but I would say that she a hundred percent created an environment of safety. So whether that was from our, you know, staff meetings where we were encouraged to 
give feedback on processes in real time and that kind of stuff. Even things as simple as that, I think, really show a psychologically safe environment that you can, you're getting feedback from staff and you're open to feedback like you personally. Um, and there's just a constant flow of feedback both ways. I said feedback a lot there, um, but I, I think it's important um, for someone to be open to realizing that, you know, yes, they're the leader, but it is important to get the thoughts of your team. And especially if you might be removed from what's happening like on the ground per se. Um, so I think, yeah, in my previous position, I did have a leader that definitely was an example of that. Yeah, for sure. That immediately makes me think about uh, Renee Brown's book about vulnerability and shame and kind of, you know, that feedback has to be vulnerable for it to be effective and have psychological safety. So yep. I love that. Yeah. And even the ability to give feedback, you're not going to give a supervisor or a staff member feedback if you don't already have like a relationship and that safety between you, because you just don't know like how it's going to happen. So you don't have to be best friends with the people you work with, but you need to at least have a relationship to know enough about someone to be able to, you know, workshop things and give feedback and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> Exclamation point on that last point. <laughs> Well, Kala, anything else we want to ask Leah or how are we feeling? Yeah, I guess. Um, Leah, why did you choose the LLL program at Vanderbilt? That is a great question. So it has been, I'm a very much a planner. So it has been in my plan to get into and complete a um, doctorate of education. So about like probably like five years ago, I kind of started thinking about it and doing research um, and narrowed it down to a few programs that were very interesting to me. So Vanderbilt was actually the only fully online program. The others were either hybrid or in-person here in Philly. Um, so I was looking at like Temple's program, Drexel's program, Penn's program and all that. Um, but the more that I went to different like intro sessions and that kind of stuff with Vanderbilt, the more it felt like this was right for me, especially because I was going through a career transition as well, or like institutional transition. And so I wasn't sure, um, you know, where I'd be physically. So like a remote program seemed perfect for me and just the diversity of the program, because we are remote, like the three of us are in three different time zones right now. <laughs> like, I just think between that and the fact that a lot of the other programs are very higher ed focused, um, and not that I don't love my fellow higher ed folks, but I've been able to learn so much from the types of students that are in this program. Like we have people in corporate roles and people in education and people with military backgrounds and just like so many different in healthcare. So um, I just think the diversity of this program is unmatched from at least the research I was doing. So I really loved that aspect of it and the flexibility of having um, it's still rigorous. Like it is not easy by any means. Like I'm sure you both could agree with that. Like there's a, there's a lot of work. Um, but it is flexible that you can kind of do most of it on your own time aside from the, um, you know, in person, not in person, but the live zoom sessions. So, yeah, yeah definitely. Well, <laughs> if, uh, if we, you know, can just ship that right out to Vandy to put on their homepage, <laughs> that'd be great. <laughs> Heck yeah. I'll be the spokesperson. Love this exactly. <laughs> Well, Leah, thank you so much for agreeing to be a uh, person that we interview on our lovely podcast. And uh, we look forward to the next person that we're able to get to know a little bit better. Awesome. Thank you both. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Leah. Thanks to all the listeners. <laughs>